praise you and magnify you. We lift you up, Lord. You're worthy to be praised, worthy to be adored, glorified and magnified. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, I forgot one thing. That anointing doesn't belong to you. It took them a long time. And I tell this person this over and over again. Uh, they're upset because they want to go and minister here uh, or be a part of this church and be a part of that church. And they don't understand why when they go, people don't let them. They get mad at them if they pray for people and, and the power of God is there. And I said, well, that's not your anointing. I said, that power does not belong to you. Amen. And it took them years to really they keep going back to different places, getting beaten ahead, getting thrown out, getting talked about and persecuted. And I said, you're not being persecuted because you're doing the will of God and nobody wants to see that happen. You're being persecuted because you're in the wrong place. I said, and see, if God wanted you there, you'd have peace there and you'd be welcome there. You know, you're anointing. I can't go everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do here. But I can't take my act on the road anywhere I want to and think it's going to everybody going to celebrate me and all that kind of stuff. It's just crazy. And it took all. I said the anointing belongs to God. He, he is the Holy Spirit. It don't belong to you. It's resting on you for God's purpose, not yours. Preachers get in all kinds of trouble trying to get in where they don't fit in you know they want to go here they want to go there want to go preach want to go do that we better check with god and see if that's what he ordained you to do because if it's not you ain't gonna fit nowhere you know jesus is the head of the church for a reason because if he let us run stuff it'd be crazy down here it'd be a zoo down here more of a zoo than it is now so we need to thank God for open doors. We need to thank him for closed doors. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I just throw that in free to just let you know that, you know, these are things we need to learn about the power of God. You know, you've you got to learn these things. You don't just get anointed and get up and go do stuff because you think you're powerful. It's not your power. It's not your anointing. Amen. You may have paid a price to have it come into your life, but it still belongs to God. Amen. Belongs to him. So we're, today we're going to talk about the fact that faithfulness is proven in challenging times. Amen. I was going to say hard times, but I said, oh, no, I said we changed that. Well, half of y'all either go to sleep or go try to go out the door and start looking. I should have went out that door when my mama opened that door for me. <laughs> I didn't, that's not to you, Bunny. <laughs> when she opened that door, I should have run on out there. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> but times will challenge us. Period. This is no cakewalk, but it's nothing to get defeated about. <clears throat> Yesterday we talked about the role of the fruit of the Spirit. And if those of you who didn't, uh, weren't there yesterday and too cheap to buy a real CD and get it on the podcast. <laughs> Everything's free around here. Because you know what? When I get to heaven, I'm not going to have God saying, well, you made the prices too high for people. I said, Jesus, everything was free, and you know that. 
We used to charge, but then we saw they was going to get it free anyway. Amen. So anyway, but uh, we did talk about the fruit of the Spirit and kingdom living and how we are made to live off the fruit of the Spirit, not off natural things. And so it, it's natural things that, that, that will uh, make our life down here since we got it i look at it this way since you got to be here on earth there's some earth stuff that you might need or desire to make your stay more comfortable that's all material things are there's nothing to sell your soul over there's nothing to get mad at people because you don't get them and nothing to fall out about but they are are things that you may find to make your stay here more tolerable is like hotel furniture. You know, while you're in the hotel, certain things you can have to make your stay more tolerable, but this ain't your permanent. So don't get upset and keep running down to the front desk and telling them this is wrong and that's wrong. You know, you ain't there. That ain't where you live all the time. Amen? Of course, if we ever did a room check or a house check, we find out your your bedroom is toe up from the flow up and the hotel room is the most organized place you've been in recently don't play me today i ain't for it i look at my floor sometimes i get tired of picking up after coco we got a trail of um what's the things i buy for her shouldn't be bad well they all treats but we got different varieties you know, she got the, the little dog biscuits. Those those are legit and other treats. But I got those, the little uh, Slim Jim things. We got Slim Jim wrappers all over the place. <laughs> you know? And at night, she likes a breath mint. <laughs> so we got breath mint wrappers in the bed. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a hot mess. Amen. So, yeah, don't play me now. I know our surroundings aren't always everything. But, you know, I think in a way, too, people uh, understand that this earth is not their home. In some ways, you kind of divorce yourself from being so serious about everything that goes on down here. You know, it's just one of those things where you think to yourself, you know what, this place is not my home. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm passing through. As a pass-through person, what's important? What's important? And so we need then to tap into the things of God. We need to tap into God and what's important to Him. Now, there is a certain level of life from a natural perspective that God has ordained for us as well. So you've got to meet Him somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? You never know what God has ordained for you, the kind of people you may have to meet or the people you might have to entertain or the people you might have to be entertained by. And so God then demands that we live in a certain way, a certain realm, so that we can accommodate what he wants us to do from a natural perspective. You got me? So many of the things that we possess we possess because they are important for where we are in God, where we're going in God, how we're going to be stationed and positioned in life. These things are important for those reasons. I remember a, <clears throat> um, a prophetess from Washington, D.C. 
saying that she she had moved back home, I think, from Israel. She had lived in Israel many years, and she had moved back to D.C., and uh, she was she was praying about the things that she needed to complete her ministry, and God kept telling her she needed a car. Well, there a lot of times people take public transportation because of the you know the com- the uh, congestion and numbers of people that live in that concentrated area, and so God kept telling her you need a car. And she was with some friends or with some other people, but somehow uh, it got back to her. Somebody called her and told her they had been praying, and God told them to offer their car to her. And he said, no, it's a car that I drive, but I'm only in town on weekends. He said, and I'm willing to let you have it Monday through Friday uh, so you'll have a car during the week to drive. And so she had been praying. God had been telling her she needed a car, so she accepted it. And uh, she she said for months she didn't really know what kind of car it was. It was a Mercedes. And she said that she said I just thought it was maybe like a Toyota or something. <laughs> but little did she know that she would be invited to teach a women's Bible study of White House wives, women that were connected with the White House. And she said it was at a woman's home, and this woman had a Bible that belonged to President Nixon. She said, this is a very important Bible. And she said, told her the whole story about it, so forth and so on. And she said when she got there, she realized most of these women were very wealthy, and the average car they drove was a man. So she was able to fit right in and not look. See, God, those things are important to God because he knows how people think, not how he thinks. He knows how people think. And if he knows you need certain things so that you can be accepted and not eyebrowed, you know, and stuff like that. I, I had a real fa- uh, favorite picture of mine. I'm going to send it to everybody. It's called Suspicious Cat. And he looked. <laughs> that's my favorite picture right now. Because that's how sometimes people look at you like. And see, that's a turnoff sometimes for people because they don't know how to trust you. If you don't really fit in. Some people live in that natural mentality to the degree that if you don't look like you fit in, they won't receive you. And so we we do have to be careful about certain things. I think if you pray about everything, God will make sure that, number one, you're well provided for, that you have abundance in all things. And, And the other thing is that you have the equipment necessary to do the job that he wants you to do past, present, and future. It might be a future job he's going to put you in, but he will equip you for that, and he will make provision for you in those things. So it's a wonderful thing. Make sure you know how to receive. And don't always turn your nose up at stuff when it's offered to you. You know, I wish you could see the stuff we've collected over the years that people just, well, you're at church. Let me get this to you. Fine. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. You know, don't know what we're going to do with it. <laughs> now we got a bunch of stuff. I'll have a garage sale one day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, you just have to learn how to receive because you don't know what the future needs will be in certain situations. And I'm not saying be a hoarder because there are certain things we sow to other ministries or anybody who can use them because it, we've, we've, we're done with the use of it and we don't want to stop somebody else from being blessed. And so, but learn how to be a, a, a steward. 
it's not all for you all the time. It's not all for what you think you're going to be doing. But many times it is for the purposes of the kingdom, you know, that, that we do these things. My house is way too big for me. You got me? But I had to get it anyway because God said to do it. Amen? And so he takes care of it. He pays for it. You know, you never know what you might do and how you might do things. The other things is learn how to move on when things change. You know, life is a series of adjustments. Amen? I remember when we, we started our conferences in Detroit. I didn't know anybody up there. I didn't know any churches up there. I kind of gradually got to know some people. Uh, there was one one uh, minister. She was very, very helpful. She said, oh, you'll want to know this person because they can get you in touch with people here and there. And I just wanted to make sure we got as many people invited to the conference as possible. Prior to that, God had had us go, and the same thing you guys did down at the queue, you know, and break the powers around that those venues up in Detroit because we were told that Christians, uh, oh, Kenneth Copeland tried to have a meeting in Detroit. He swore he'd never come back here again. <laughs> Couldn't get no people. I mean, Detroit had whooped them. You understand what I'm saying? And then after we, we, had, we God said, well, we'll just go break the power of the devil over these places so people can, my people can get in there just like anybody else. And we did that for about three or four days it took us to get. We all went all the way to Pontiac, did the Silver Dome, and that shut down. I said, well, okay. Oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know, there's another place, Auburn Hill, the palace up there, and we came downtown. We did Kobo, and yeah, all those places in Pontiac shut down. Uh, but but the thing of it is, we were able to get in there, and God said, well, you go in there first. And so we said, okay. It wasn't a big deal to me. It was just the next step in getting the meeting done, you know. But when we got in these places, we were told by all the Christians, how'd you get in here? How'd you do this? And how'd you do this? Christians can't rent these places. They don't rent to us. They told us we need so-and-so and such-and-such. And And I heard all these horror stories. Instead of rejoicing, well, if you got in, maybe there's possibilities for us now. You know what I'm saying? People don't look at it like that. And so we were there. We got uh, uh, the girl that was doing the... um, What's her name? Nedra. Uh, we remember Nedra. She would uh, she would say, "Well, Reverend Williams, we're going to give you an upgrade." And we got free suites because we had booked so many rooms, and we had the presidential suite, and then we had remember that big room that you could look out the lake with the white grand piano in it. I mean, all this stuff. We didn't pay for none of that stuff. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna take God's money and pay through the nose. No way. It was all complimentary. We would have enough rooms where we could have ministers come and stay for free. Because we had, they remember all them suites and they kept opening doors and opening doors and opening doors and opening doors. It was wonderful. And so, so, but listen, I didn't get mad when we left. I didn't demand that that keep going. See, what's important is the meeting. Not your accommodations. And see, God will will test you on stuff like this. Whether you hung up on the perks and the fluff. Or whether you really, really know and understand what you're there for. 
And so once people's eyes got full of all of that and the jealousy set in, they started bad-mouthing us and didn't want to come to the meetings anymore, well, we had to move the meeting because all of a sudden the attendance dropped, and then they had to pay for parking. Now, they're willing to pay if they can oogle and ogle for a little bit, but they're not willing to pay consistently. And so we had to move it out a bit and get to where there was free parking where people, Christians, can afford to come. Now, they'll pay everything to go to Cancun and Boomtoon and all them places, but they ain't going to come to your meeting, trust me. Then if they have to pay a lot, there's nothing in the offering. So you got to take all these things into consideration. So I just look through at us as breakthrough people. When you're a breakthrough person, you got to understand what you're called to do. That ain't that hotel swanky hotel ain't your permanent residence. Trust me. Amen. <laughs> and so we have to accept these things. This is not your home. You're just on loan. You're passing through. Nothing here should be that attractive to you that you're going to fall out with God if you don't get it. You know, you're going to be upset forever if it don't happen in your time. You know, people live in this realm sometimes of in their minds. When is it? When, when, when? I'm going to tell you what to tell that thought that keeps coming to you. Tell them in due season. Tell yourself in due season and you quit being upset about everything, being depressed. And, oh, I've been at this job. You keep talking like that, you're going to be doing triple digit time down there that crazy place <laughs> i'll grow up come on now this ain't your home not your home you're just on loan here these little things we whine for if we had really been using our faith could have had them a long time ago oh that went over big See, we use our faith to pray, and then when it comes time for us to bring it in with our faith again, we start complaining and wonder. Huh? Yeah, we do. Wonder, 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 wonder. You keep a wonder in. Huh? And wandering. But God, amen, he's ordained for these things. So, challenges are going to come to us, folks. They always do. Why do challenges come? Because we are foreigners here. We're legal, but illegal. The devil treats us like illegals because he wants to throw us out. He wants to stop the power of God from moving. When I say the power of God, I mean in anything you do, your prayers, your words, your actions. When he sees saints move towards something that God has for them, he sets up the roadblocks. They automatically he sends out a bolo to all his little imps and demons. Amen. Be on the lookout for. Huh? Be on the lookout for Sister McKinney. There she go again, trying to do this and trying to do that. So let's set up the roadblock so she can't get in there. In Mark 11, verse 23, it tells you to have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. In order, in other words, if it says have faith in God, that means it must be available to you. Amen. So it is available to you. All you have to do is put your confidence in his word and what he says about something and not about what it says in the natural. 
This natural world is temporal, which means it's temporary. You know how temporary it is? Temporary because it's waiting for you to come and change it. That's the temporary we're talking about. Other than that, it is permanent. If a believer doesn't get involved and change what's going on in the natural realm, or change it for God, or somebody get up and be obedient to God, it's permanent. That's why it seems like it won't move to you. Because you're just looking at it. Huh? <laughs> Sizing it up. <laughs> uh, like the old Western people say, like a calf at a new gate, huh? Oh, I can't go through that gate. People try to herd their animals. If they make any changes, they know it. Wait a minute. This wasn't here yesterday. I don't know if I should go through here. There's a big backlog of things. That's sometimes the way believers, you know, respond to, to anything that challenges them. We don't want to we don't want to plunge right in. Now, wait a minute. I know God answered this prayer yesterday. I know he's faithful, but will he do it today? Yes, idiot. <laughs> yes. If he answered it yesterday and he's faithful, he will do it today. But it takes us a month, and then God's constantly prodding us to go through the open door, go through, go through. Satan, I rebuke you. And then, Well, you didn't invite him to the party. How would he get involved all of a sudden? What could it hurt to go through the door even if God's not on the other side? Now, you done done that a lot in your life. Don't act like, oh, oh, what a sin. Oh, I can't get involved in that. It's just so wrong. Right. And done that so many times. You hijack somebody's credit card and use somebody's. Somebody said, well, hold this money for me until so. Okay. You done used it already. But you need the faith of God to move mountains. It says so in Mark eleven twenty three. But you can't doubt. You must have it in your heart. You can't just grab a scripture and look at it for a minute and say, oh, I got that. I know that scripture. And then go on to move something. It has to be in your heart. Why? Because the enemy's going to fight you back. And if you don't have the heart to fight, if it's not in you to win and to keep going, you'll back up and just... <laughs> this ain't gone it's too hard really too hard for who it's like i I remember my husband loved all kinds of sports and uh we used to go to some local prize fights sometimes and um you know we sometimes people would see if they saw you and knew you liked the sport or something but there was a man there who was a manager and he would talk to to Aubrey all the time. He said, man, that kid, he, he, now, now you're going to see something, something tonight. He said, he's a good fighter. He said, he can hit hard. And when he said that, we were looking for, and he hit this guy, you could feel it like in the third row. <laughs> man. He said, but he don't have no heart. Uh-huh. So the ones who don't have heart, if you, if you mess around and hit them back real good, even though they got a harder punch than you, they'll stop fighting. Right. You see what I'm saying? So these things we have to hide in our heart 
through continual meditation on the word. When you're in a battle, you go back and you get some more word and continually meditate on the word. Understand what you're up against, but also understand that you have the victory at the end. If you said last man standing, you said, yep, Lord, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. So he says, have faith in God, verse 22, for truly I say to you, this is a covenant. When, when Jesus said, and we've gone over this before, verily, verily, truly, truly, he said, this ain't no lie, this ain't no lie, this, you can take this to the bank. So there is a covenant covering this particular scripture. Other scriptures you can believe if you can receive them. Jesus says, uh, can you believe? It's up to you to decide to believe. But in things where he says truly, truly, those are covenant stamped seal promises that work all the time for everybody. That's why you'll see people grab mark eleven twenty three and get a miracle they get delivered from cancer you'll see them believe you receive when you prayed and you shall have see if you continue to confess that to yourself to the atmosphere you will eventually convince yourself that that word is true that that thing will come to pass so he says here you can even say to a mountain be moved if you don't doubt in your heart. See, it's not up to God to convince you that this scripture is true. It's up to you to convince yourself that it's true because he's already told you it is. You got me? So it's not up to God to do the convincing. And we want him to do everything that we want to have done. And so it's up to us to convince ourselves. That's why you keep confessing it. You're not confessing it to motivate God to give it to you it's already given you got to believe you have it already when you pray and as you walk through confessing that you believe you have it your faith for it continues to get strengthened and it washes all the doubt it's just washing your mind with the word folks that's all you're reminding yourself continually that you have received this thing already not it's coming you've received it already why? Because you've received God's word that he's given it to you. He's not about to give you anything. He could, what did he tell Israel when they had all the people to meet? He said, I've given you this land. But, 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 have you seen the big giants on that? But, 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 have you seen that? But, 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 but. Hmm? No, God didn't see it. Because he's not a natural God. And he didn't tell you to see it either. He told you what? Go in and take it. Didn't say nothing about giants. I didn't say nothing. Because mm-hmm. God is not a natural God. He cared less about them giants. He said, them is already taken care of. If I told you to go in and get it, I mean go get it. You go get everything else you want. So, Faith is needed most in challenging situations. If you go in with God, come out with God, and don't change partners in the middle of the challenge. Don't all of a sudden decide 
you can't believe God to pay your bills and go robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know? Peter's so thin and emaciated. He said, why y'all got to rob me all the time? How come you can't rob Paul sometime and pay me something? Huh? Peter don't have nothing, losing his teeth, can't afford no <laughs> no dental work or nothing. He's just in bad shape. Hmm? But that's what happens when we're challenged sometimes. Instead of staying in there and getting a strategy from God on how to fix it, we go about trying to fix it ourselves and wind up losing everything got me god does not want you to work that's just dishonest living you know it's just it's beneath a child of god to live like that do you understand me because if god's made full provision for you well maybe you miss where you need to start you need to start working on believing that he's provided for all of your needs they're out in glory where you can't rob nobody to go pay somebody you got to use your faith to get them here so that keeps you honest that keeps your father from going bankrupt if he could but see most of us would go in there rob the till when god ain't looking if we had just free access to everything so that's why he compels us to live by faith Living by faith keeps things out of your life like greed, waste, uh, squandering. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Bad management, debt, shame. It keeps all of those things out of your life that he didn't ordain for your life. Living by faith is not some cheap way to live. It's the greatest way to live. See, what has happened in the church is that, well, I would say old-time people gave living by faith a bad name. Because when poor people came into the church, they lived by faith. Everybody else lived by their job, lived by this, lived by that. huh? But what did Jesus say when he saw all these people, different levels of lifestyle coming to give? He said that the woman that gave the mite, the widow that gave the mite, gave the most. Because, he said, you give out of your excess. He says, this is chump change. What you threw to God was chump change. Huh? But she gave by faith. She gave out of her need. She said, God, I need you so much. There's nothing too great to give to you. She gave that little bit of money and impressed Jesus more than anybody did. Amen. So what you do by faith is higher than what you do in the natural out of your excess. People who tithe think they're doing wonderful things, but a lot of them are cheapskates. Because for what they have, 10% is nothing. You got me? They don't stretch their faith, doesn't do anything. And many of them, if they know that that they're giving at that level, they start to cut back anyway. You know, you don't get many consistent givers in the body of Christ. Everybody gives like they want to give. You know, they give. I give. I call it the safe zone. You give in the safe zone. 
It's not going to make you nervous. It's not going to make you have to cut back any. Oh, God's prepared to cut back. Oh, I'll die if I can't go to Subway and get a sandwich. I can't go to Starbucks. Spend God's money giving it to them liberal heathens that tell Christians they don't want you in there anyway. You know that man said that, don't you? Huh? So he said, Christians, you keep your money. Don't come in my store. They don't want you in there. Oh, if I can't get to Starbucks on this. What did God say? Jacob I have loved and Esau. Sell your birthright for a morsel of food. Get upset with God and fall out with him because you can't have. Well, God told me I wouldn't talk to him about it then. Don't fall out with him. Talk to him about it. Huh? Most you know God is 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 put himself in a very vulnerable position promising us stuff. You know most people won't promise you nothing. And if you marry them, they promise you less. Hey! <laughs> Didn't know that was coming, did you? You know what it took for me to get my husband to promise me anything? After he left that altar, it was over, honey. Well, we'll see. See? What do you mean? You mean? When? I want it now. Yeah. No? And see, I was under, y'all don't understand. See, when I say, y'all think I'm crazy, but this girl's trying to survive. I had told God I would never work, after I was called to the me, I will never work again. And I had degrees. Well, lining. Well, my lining's missing, but I had degrees. I could have worked. Huh? But I was under a vow to God. And I had to. Give me some money to burn. Huh? That's how I had to live. By faith. <laughs> That's how my faith worked. Huh? Well, anyway. <laughs> fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we live out of the fruit, out of the fruit. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like between a rock and a difficult place sometimes, girls. Let me just tell you. Huh? Let me just tell you. We had a, a, a canister I would keep all my receipts for the month in. Remember the canister, Cloretta? And he would open it up and like it was a jack-in-the-box and all these receipts would fly out. And he said, <gasps> you know, all this drama over a little homemaker. He said, he said well, what do you do with all this? I said, I make a very comfortable home for you. Don't you forget it. <laughs> I said, that's your comfort coming out of that box. All the things you love, need, and desire. Praise the Lord. <sighs> Living by faith, it's a challenge. Hmm? It is. I know it's a challenge. But it's not one that you can't meet because I always realize, God, if you put me here, then you have a way to make provision for me. You got to keep that in your mind. 
He has made a way for you to be provided for, amen, and wisdom for how to manage your finances. Because, see, I think we get in a mindset of it's never enough. See? Always never enough. We're always looking for the day to come when we can do, and you've been waiting for years. You know? Quit it. Stop it. Start living now. Huh? Live in the joy of the Lord now. Live in the peace of God now. If you start living in the spirit, you'll find out it's all kinds of ways to have needs met that don't take money. And if they take money, it don't take yours all the time. Huh? I pity the fool. You know. But you know what I'm saying. We need to stop doing this thing with money and material things and letting them rule. The lack of them rule, you know. You know, if God's put somebody, ordained somebody in your life to bless you and supply to you, you thank God for it. Don't resent it. Amen. You know, don't resent that. Amen. Don't ever resent God's provision for you. Learn how to receive it because you don't know how to get it for yourself yet. You think you do, but you don't. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. So we need to consider the fruit of the Spirit. The one that takes the most challenge for us to develop is that of faithfulness. All right, and that's the challenge all the time. That's when the devil is up against you the hardest because he knows. See, faithfulness, one of the things that faithfulness, if it's proven to God that you're faithful, that you come out of this thing greater than what you went in and holding on to the hand of God, not whining, complaining, smelling like smoke, you know, blowing it all over everybody. You know, oh, you don't know it. Oh, well, I had someone killing Huh? That's smoke. You don't want to smell like that. You want to come out as pure gold, full of joy, full of rejoicing, able to give a good testimony about it. You know, without lingering on the bad places, you know. And so if we consider that's what God wants to do, there are many, many things that we gain out of proving faithfulness to God. One of them is a higher realm of authority because what you have done, say, for instance, a mountain stands before you. God tells you. He's going to give you a better job. And it might take a few years to get that. Now, see, when I say that, most people fall out because you can't go a week in a bad job and tolerate it without thinking God's got to rescue you today. Uh, That's just the way. Well, God has come to deliver you from your fantasy life. Hmm? Because we think faith is pulling a rabbit out of your hat. Faith is a spiritual force that is there to help you develop the character of Christ. We're about character development, not things. So when God decides he wants to promote you, he puts an obstacle in your way. Oh! Oh! 
It's so hard already. What makes it hard is you don't want to lay your wants aside to do what's necessary to step into the next place. You won't go in your word and find out what's going on. So you're just stumbling in the dark trying to figure it out. And you're mad all the time because you don't have. Hmm? What did you do so wonderful for God that he should just give stuff to you? Hmm? Nobody gets that. Jesus didn't get that. He had to prove himself to the Father. Say, when he found himself in an earth suit, huh? when he found himself in fashion of a man, he humbled himself to God. He said, oh, I ain't going to make it through this thing if I don't get some help. So Jesus always said, I do not my own will, but the will of the Father. Why? Because he knows the safest place to be. You come out from under that, you got big trouble. huh? But if you stay under the shadow of the Almighty, you just ride on the wings of God, you can sail through everything living off the fruit of the Spirit and not being, not considering any of this nonsense. The devil will try to knock you out of it, too. And make you pay attention to what's going on. But you don't have to. Amen. It's better you don't. And just stay blinded to what's going on in the natural. You know, people call this denial. I'm not denying it's here. Listen, I know better than you do. It's in my life. I know what's going on. Huh? You can smell a devil before they show up for real. Huh? So God wants us to prove our faithfulness to him. It's never proven in good times. It's proven in challenging times. Anybody can stay married as long as you got enough everything and you please each other. When you have lack and you don't please each other so more, it's tough. Man, anything's tough under those circumstances. So faithfulness, what does that mean to be faithful? It means to be true. True means to be um uh, thorough and valid in everything that you do. It means to be devoted or staunch. You ever see people who are staunchly believing certain things and don't waver and don't move? See, devils call people like that mean. I've been called that ever since I've been in ministry because I don't play. I don't play with God. He's done too much for me, and I don't encourage others to be playful about God either. If you're going to do something, do it. Tell the truth about it. Be faithful and keep it moving. You know, no problem out of me. But when you are staunch and you're devoted and you can't be wavered and moved, it's a threat to the devil. So he'll get in anybody to try to get you to move. Huh? You parents, as much as you love your kids, you can't let them move your train your opinion about things and go soft on them huh you're there to keep them on the right road amen it means to be constant and loyal no i want god to be able to find me anytime he needs to find me so i have to be constant and constantly available to do his will it means to be stable dependable 
and devoted. It also means to have a long-standing, long-standing. So faithfulness is one of those things that's proven over time. You know, people like to pat themselves on the, I've been saved so-and-so years, but yeah, have you been faithful to God? Or you you go to church at In-N-Out Burger. You know, just come in when you get in, come in, go out, come in, go out. So you have to be a staunchly and steadfastly faithful to whatever one is bound to by pledge, duty, or obligations, or friendship. So if you pledge, you have a do your duty and honor bound to stay faithful to these things, then your faithfulness will be rewarded by God. If you're faithful to a marriage, you'll be rewarded by God. Those are things that God uh, ordains and he upholds. Now I'm talking about male, female. I'm talking this other stuff they call marriage, so don't even think about that. But if you're faithful to a marriage, you'll be rewarded by God. Um, the late actor Tony Randall, remember him? He and his wife uh, were never able to have children, but they stayed married for, what, 70 years? Or not 70, it was some of, he was 70 at the time, but more than 50 years. And she passed away before he did. And he meets this young girl, marries her, they have two children. So he gets finally blessed with fatherhood at his old age. He enjoyed it for many years and got sick. And they, you know how they do, throw you in the hospital and it's over. You know what I'm saying? But, but anyway, he was rewarded for being a faithful husband to his wife. Amen. Instead of going off getting somebody else like many of them do, most of them do, all that kind of stuff. So you can see God's reward of faithfulness in many, many areas of life. He just rewards it because it takes determination. It takes something of God in you to make you stick to things when they're unpleasant. It just does. Amen. And if you can stay in it in joy and peace and love and all, if you let it tear you down and you're constantly thinking what you lack, what you don't have, there's no point in even being there because you're making the whole thing a lot worse than it needs to be. But if you know that God is helping and see God's helping these difficult things all the time. God, you know it's hard for me. Help me with this and help me with that. God will reward you with so many things. And this is how faith is developed. Most people won't develop their faith if they don't need to do it for necessaries. So God's not being mean to you by withholding. No, you're withholding it from yourself. It's due to come to you. Your due season ain't here yet. And in the meantime... Keep living in the kingdom, and your due season won't mean anything to you. won't matter what season it comes. So, faithfulness means to be staunchly devoted. Got to be devoted to God and what he wants you to do. Psalm 105, 7, 19 tells us the word tries us. Like Joseph said, they put his feet in irons and and chains and fetters until the word of God tried him. You're on trial. You ain't trying God. You ain't trying Jesus. You ain't trying the word. The word's trying you. You're the one on trial. (laughs) I got news for you. Better lawyer up. It's the other way around. 
Amen. Our faithfulness is developed and proven in challenges. Hard times prove if we will stay with God. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 tells us faith is the gift of God. It's not of yourselves. You have a gift in you that's going to get you out of every trouble you ever get into. You don't have to work hard on it. You don't have to try and, and wait in line until it gets to you. It's in you. What, is a, what does Romans 10 say? Uh, the word of God is nigh us. What does this faith that is the justification that is faith speaks like this? It says something. Huh? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and, and in your heart. It can't just be in your mouth, little parrot. Huh? Uh-huh. It's got to be in your heart, too. It's a word of faith. Remember the parrot with the, and they smell bad, too. Uh-huh. Well, he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> he didn't know he getting his boss in trouble to shut up. But it was only in his mouth. It was not in his heart. Uh-huh. And take all their gold. They're a bunch of morons anyway. Uh-huh. And he smelled bad too. See, he told it all. Huh? It didn't get him nowhere. <laughs> the little boss out there walking the plank with him on his shoulder. <laughs> so, so we can't be the little parrot types with the word of God. You got to meditate and embrace that thing, get it in your heart so that you really believe it. Amen. You really believe it. You know, parents, if you're praying for your children, trust me. They, they've been playing around with the word while they're in your house, but they get outside the house. They're going to get hard down. <laughs> oh, well, let me say, what was that? I remember hearing something about that one time. Maybe I'll go get my Bible for a change. Right. Crack them covers that ain't never been broke before. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's right. We'll get on their little, instead on Facebook, trying to make Photoshop themselves, make themselves look wonderful. <laughs> Where's that Bible app over here? Oh, I never downloaded it. I think I better do that now. Huh? Absolutely. God promises. You train them up the way they would. When they're old, they won't depart. <laughs> so faith is given to us freely by God so we can use it. So we have more than enough faith for every need. Since we're servants of God, we must be dependable. You don't do what you want to do, what it feels like, or what you have time to do. You do what he tells you to do. You depend on him to make time. So just say, yes, God, I'll do it. And then watch him start rearranging furniture, appointments. God needs to know that we will be there to do his will. So faithfulness must be developed and cultivated in us. Quitting is not an option. He don't let you quit. Now, you may not want things anymore, you tell yourself. Oh, Barb, don't go there. It's Sunday. You know how we throw that little inner tantrum? Well, it didn't come on Wednesday. I just prayed on Monday. I don't want it no more. Oh, Seriously? There will come a day when you realize something's missing from your life. And it's that thing you rejected because you thought 
since God didn't do it when you wanted him to do it, you don't want it anymore. Gee, I wish I had, wish I'd done so and so. I wish I'd, wish I'd, wish I'd stuck with God in it when he first told me to do it. Listen, God is merciful. He'll let you catch up. Hardest thing to do is when you've been stupid and had all kinds of opportunities is to forgive yourself. Uh-huh. So that's where you need to start. You start working on forgiving yourself. Amen. And if you can get yourself grounded in the word where your conscience is clear, then you can move forward. Amen. But don't try to move forward with guilt, regret, and all that stuff hanging over your head. You won't get very far. Y'all got me? Because everybody's guilty. We've all done the stupid in our day before God. And you've got to know that there's a retrieval for you. There's mercy for you to retrieve these things. So if we look at the faithfulness of Jesus, we'll know our pattern. What things are important for you to know to be faithful to God? Number one, Jesus knew his mission. You've got to know what you're here for. If you don't know, see, if you don't feel called to this ministry, you need to pray and ask God if you're called. But let me put you in on a little, a little secret. If you've been here more than a week, you're called. Don't get the dumb vibe on me, okay? Don't, don't go there. You've been partaking for how long here? I'm not sure. I, you know, I can't be like Pastor Shirley and Pastor. You know, they old. They don't have nothing else to do. Huh? Well, I can't be like Miss Nola. You know, she just come in. She don't know nothing but God, God, God. Pray, pray, pray. I can't do that. I can't do that. I got a life. Isn't that what the little devil tells you all the time? You can't, you can't be, in other words, you can't be faithful. You can't be like the faithful people because you got stuff to do. You busy. Oh, girl, I got a life. Okay, well, let me see now. It is true. See, every lie the devil tells you, he tells all of us in here. He's not original. Tells everybody. Huh? Or uh, I like this. You know, sometimes people will come for years and struggle financially, and then they finally get on their feet. And, well, I think God told me to move to the church with the, you know, bigger church, nice carpet. Then when I give my tithe, they'll be impressed and give me a little job around there. In a big church. Huh? Even though you fed them, clothed them, fed their kids, paid their bills. Because, see, I know where my reward comes from. But I'm going to tell you, you can't make a move like that on God and not pay a penalty for it. See? Because, see, when sickness comes and you're in a church of numbers and they don't have any power to get you healed, you're too embarrassed to come back here because you know what you did. 
see what I'm saying. Went, went back, talked about everybody. Uh, I had to leave that place. Yeah, it, it didn't grow very much, and there's something wrong with people who don't grow. Yeah, people like you who don't bring people to church. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I know the whole trip already, the whole devil trip. And see, God is looking for faithful people. Not church hoppers, shoppers. Huh? Let money change you. Huh? Huh? I wish I had James Brown here to sing this. Look, 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 look. She put her little cross up already. <laughs> Whee! Huh? Yeah, people like, let material change them. See? God wants people that He can give material blessings and don't change. In fact, material blessings should make you, should humble you more. Because you know how quickly they can leave. Huh? They can exit out the door so fast, huh? And you have nothing. So you you know it's like people who start out in a little storefront church, and the church gets a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. You got to move with that herd, you know, if you're going to stay faithful to God. Now some people are called to move on if they have a real valid ministry and it's time for them to launch. I'll be happy to launch you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not here to hold nobody back. But I know for one thing, if you're not fulfilling your call as a watchman, you're going to be missing a few things. You're going to struggle where you don't need to struggle. Who's going to pray your prayers that you got your name all over and all that stuff? That means that belongs to you. That's being charged to your account or against your account. So don't think this is just no church where you can roll in and roll out see those places they'll take your money and bid you goodbye because they don't have any ministry anyway all they do is talk they don't even have an altar call when you're in trouble that's why that's why the abundant life prayer group stays busy that's why the 700 club prayer group stays busy that's why all these telephone prayer groups stay busy because people can't get prayer in their church The reason Joyce Meyer has huge meetings, pastors don't teach their people basic stuff about how to quit being selfish and start living for God, for real. So if you're called somewhere, you stay, you, you should know your mission. Everybody in here should know what they're called to do. He also knew his time. Jesus knew his time. God will let you know when it's time for certain things in your life. You're not sitting up here guessing. And number three, he got the job done. That's what faithfulness is all about. Know your mission. Know your time. And know you got the job done. Now listen, if you've been sitting up thinking you can just run in, run out, when you got time to come to church, you come to church. When you don't have time, you can't. When you, when you got a life, you got a life, and then you just run off and do something else. If you've been living like that, you need to say, God, I really understand what a mission is and what being called is now. 
help me to do what you expect me to do as far as my service. See, for years we've let people think people who serve in the church are just the people who come in early, turn the lights on, turn them off, clean up. Everybody has a job to do to serve. You are here to be trained to serve. Everybody, every church should do this with their people, but they don't. Why? They just want you to come in, pay your money so they can keep the lights on and keep going, keep paying the pastor. It's a business for them. You're in a place, unfortunately for some of you, where there's a real call of God for people in here. Now, I'm sorry if that disappoints you and upsets your little apple cart, but you ain't as free to just come and go as you like as you think. You don't have to take my word for it. You can pray and ask God yourself. I'm telling you to take my word for anything. You ask him. It's right. <laughs> that hurt, didn't it? Right. <laughs> Hello. People call and say, well, is it okay if I don't? No, it's not. I don't give you permission not to come to church. It ain't my permission to give. Let's suck on that dill pickle for a while. Uh-huh. You know, people get a little crazy in their heads, coming and going, coming and going. You can wish you were here. Huh? The diagnosis comes that don't move at the altar call. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not threatening you. I'm not trying to scare you. But I've been doing this long enough to know God's word is true. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Huh? See, we like the good stuff. We ain't got sense enough to know the spiritual stuff is the best stuff in there. We like the good stuff, some of material things. And see, the reason you have a lackadaisical attitude about being here is because you're focused on the material and that ain't working out so hot for you. So I'm going to be totally honest now. Huh? You mad because you're looking at God for just things and he ain't giving them to you. So you come when you want to to get even with God. A little numbskull. You know, you wish you could talk to people and get them. Can you understand what this kingdom is all about? This is for you to live because your spirit needs to live, not your head that likes things. And not your eyes that like things. I remember we all started out borrowing each other's tapes because we were so hungry for the word. Longevity should not change that. Need to stay faithful to feeding your own spirit. Being aware of what you're called to do will help you to fulfill it to the end. If you're going to be faithful, there must be a cause and a purpose to which you are called. 
You're called to pray. We make it easy because they're written down. You don't have to fast. You don't have to snort. You don't have to get crazy. You don't have to come at 6 in the morning. Huh? Most of y'all filter in here. Odd times. It's hard to keep a strong anointing in here with people coming in and out when they feel like it. I'm just being honest with y'all. So get out of your head of everything so hard for you because you are making it hard for you. If you are going to be faithful, you have to know the cause that you're called. You have a role to play. If you're a spouse, a parent, employer, friend, daughter, son, you have that role. That's ordained already. You can't change your parents. <laughs> Hope I'm going to stop. You can't change your kids. <laughs> you got me? You got to fulfill that role. So you have grace to fulfill those functions. You can be a respectful child that honors mother, mother and father. You can be a diligent parent that trains your child up and you never quit training them. Well, you think when they get eyeball to eyeball at the end, huh? don't be scared they're going to hit you back. You got to take that hit back, fight back out of them when they like that big. You know what I mean? Okay, had it. You can't, you can't resent any of these roles that you call to. Once you're in it, you got to stay with it. And you got to seek God to give you the power and the joy and the love to fulfill it all. Your call. You're a kingdom believer. And you're to use your faith and gifts in partnership with God to fulfill the Great Commission. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you did anything but get in the car and see if it had enough gas to get you where you need to go and zoom through everything? Zoom, 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 zoom. Did you pray before you left the house, God? Just show me somebody who needs a drink of cold water, needs to know Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the greatest great commission. His call was to to destroy the works of the devil, and he did. He demonstrated how it was done in human flesh as he walked the earth, and then the final destruction came at the cross, where he defeated death. He had the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he has the keys to the kingdom, which he left with us. He don't have them no more. We got them. So he's looking to us to unlock the kingdom to ourselves and to others. Huh? You've got to be willing to unlock the kingdom to people. Now, what's the thing that we hate? Rejection. Guess what? You're going to get a lot of it. The servant is not above his master. Got me? But Jesus was rejected. You think people in the world going to love you? You're in trouble if they do. Yeah? You're in big trouble. He, Jesus would use terms like, like, I must needs go. means I have to do this. Is there anything in your life for God you have to do? Or is everything an option? Don't throw in no shade. Now, if you feel shade, it ain't coming from me. I'm just preaching the truth. See, let me tell you why this is important for you to hear it this way. 
God right now is dividing out of his kingdom. Now, see, this don't matter to some people. I don't know why I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some people don't care if you're on the wrong side or right side. I'm saved. Do you know when you stand before God, he's going to show you what you should have been doing with your life? And then go show you what you did do with your life? I want to have matching. I want my scales to balance. I don't want to be a little light when I stand before you. Huh? Like Nebuchadnezzar's son. <laughs> God has weighed what you're doing. You're a little light over here, bro. But the bad news is it's too late. Some people get to heaven early and get a second chance. And trust me, you can't keep up with them. Because once they know they're a little shot and God's told them, oh, they're busy after that. They're showing up busy after that. Like none of this means anything. They're just busy for God. So Jesus fulfilled everything because there were things he had to do. There are things as believer you have to do. His every step was ordered by the Father. John six thirty eight and John four thirty four tells you that. He was faithful and obedient to death, even the death of the cross, which was for criminals. He wasn't able to lie down and die of natural causes. He had to be accused, punished, and tried before he was put to death. But he was humble, obedient, and faithful. Nothing wrong with being humble. Nothing wrong with being obedient. I'm going to tell you, fake obedience is easy to pick up. You can do things through the flesh without having your heart involved. You need to ask God to get your heart involved. Learn how to be obedient. Most of us have grown up in an age where authority is resented. Huh? And we've been allowed to carry that resentment for authority through our adult years. You got me? Everybody has a little uh, something inside of them. They don't like something when it's told. I don't like the way you say it. No, because you don't know the voice of wisdom and you don't respect authority. That's why you don't like it. Authority's not going to change. Wisdom's not going to change because they come from God. The receiver has to change, get their heart right, and learn how to receive it the right way. I don't care if y'all don't like it. Everybody got quiet and you ain't taking notes. You ain't taking notes either. You need to say amen, ouch, or something. Thank you very much, Tanya. She finally came through. Gigi likes you. Gigi hardcore. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> All right. So y'all feel good about this? I will continue. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
But Jesus had to be falsely accused. How many of you argue with people forever about stuff like that? They lied on me. Well, you lie. You lie on other people, too. You know, sin is done against God, not people. We offend one another, but the sin is against the one who's pure. No sin between us. We offend one another. You know why? Because mostly it's not sinful what we do to one another. We don't steal. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't. But we offend one another. And that's always a matter of feeling and opinion and not law. So that's why God tells us if you offend your brother, not if you sin against your brother, if you offend him. Got me? You go to him because more often than not, it's a misunderstanding. You know, if if I say words and they hurt your ears, you got to accept you maybe had a filter on your ear that was ready to feel hurt. Amen. And me the same way. You got me? Don't get so don't take yourself so seriously. They hurt my feelings. Oh, I don't think I'll live another. I'll never go to their house again. I'll never talk to them. I don't know if I can go back to church. Well, you didn't want to be there anyway. So we located you. You quit God over people. Something very wrong with you. You ain't even ready yet. You go back home and stay there till you get saved for real. Huh? You know, when I finally got well enough to get into a company of believers and could sit in a meeting without feeling a panic attack and having to run home, I was so glad to get somewhere where God's people were and hear the word. I didn't care how them people treated me. You know, it's mostly whites. I take a black lady. They they don't like black people. I said, really? I never noticed. I said, I ain't there for them no way. I'm there for God. As long as God's in that place. I can forgive anybody, anything. You got me? You're real sick sometimes, folks. And unfortunately, we've had the last eight years full of nothing but racial poison being poured into the minds of American people. You don't receive that stuff. You keep your heart filled with the love of God and forgiveness of God. So the Apostle Paul had a summary of his life. He said, I have finished the course. This is in 2 Timothy 4.17. I can turn there. We have a little bit of time. 2 Timothy 4.17. He knew everything. He knew what he was called to do. He knew when it was his time was up. He knew when he'd accomplished everything. We can all do that. That's not odd. He says, all you got to do is talk to God. He said, uh, four, what did I say, 417, 2 Timothy 417. Do I have the right thing? Mm, I don't think so, but I have it written down here in my notes. He said, it might be 1 Timothy 4. He says, I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. He said, I'm ready to be offered up. He said he fought the the good fight. Amen. Not, what is it? 
4-7. He says, uh, all right, I fought the good fight, finished my course, kept the faith. That's what you need to be able to say. Fought the good fight and finished your course. What was your course? A lot of people don't even know. Hmm? Well, you know, I started out in so-and-so church, but then they did so-and-so, and I had to leave. And I started saying, so what were you faithful to? Where was your place where God planted you that you stayed and you grew and you were faithful to sow back into that which nurtured you? Just a thought. He says, now I am going to receive, it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. And he knew all of that. Most people would people it's a mess, I guess, and a maybe. Or they barely can enter in because they ain't sure. Well, I don't know if I did. Uh, did I repent yesterday? That's why I always call a preacher to the deathbed. You know, you got to push past the out-of-town mourners, pre-mourners. They just be tuning up, cranking up for the funeral. Hmm? What happened to Paul? He had a lot of suffering. In 2 Corinthians 11, you're not by yourself. You think waiting on a good job or waiting for a, something else is a trial. You don't know what a trial is. If we keep praying, we won't know in this nation what Christians are being hauled into jail for nothing. There are some who are in this country. It's on a monetary level now, but it's going to be at a punishment level if we don't stop this nonsense. You think the devil won't try it here? Second Corinthians 11 and 24. He says, out of the Jews, five times I received 39 stripes or 40 stripes save one. If you were, if you were given 40 stripes, God didn't allow more than 39. 40 meant you were humiliating that person. If you gave them more punishment than God allowed, that was you trying to demean them. It wasn't just because of what they deserved for breaking the law. You entered into that if you gave them more. That's why he had a limit on punishment in, in, his, uh, in his law. He said, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times shipwrecked, a night and a day, and had been in, in the deep. In journeys often, perils, waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils of, the land, perils of false brethren, weariness and painfulness, watchings often, hunger and thirst, fastings often, and cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which comes upon me daily. He said, and all that I still had to take care of y'all. Huh? <laughs> he says, yea, and in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things. He counted them not worth to be able to be mentioned. And we can't stand waiting on a prayer to be answered. And most of the time, we're the mountain standing in front of it not being answered. Think about this. If you're waiting on something from God, ask yourself this question. Am I faithful? Am I at least in church every time we had service? 
That's the least you could do. But most of you can't answer that as a yes. So, I mean, you always, we always think the thing that's obvious staring us in the face is not it. But God tells you that's it. If that pops into your head, you know what, God, maybe I should try to be more faithful. Maybe if I sowed more into obedience to what you call me to do, you will grant me mercy and cause me to receive those things that I am praying for. And I won't be upset. See what happens, you pray for something, you don't get it fast enough, you're angry at God, you slack off on your your obedience, you're not as diligent, and you've sown that seed to delay it even further. So your answer gets yanked further and further away from you because you're acting out over here, giving a little tantrum because your daddy don't give it to you when you want it. I'm just being honest with y'all. trying to help you. I have to receive it if you don't want. I don't care if you don't want my help. But then times you're missing because you got a life and you got to go here and got to go there and got to go. I got to go be with so and so with such and so. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Try it sometime. Put yourself to the test. God, just let me see if this isn't it. I used to think it was okay not to show up sometimes because we have family picnics, family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Let your family give you a job. Or a promotion. Huh? Because you make it your God. And see, it's just one day. Well, why don't you do the one day? And see if that won't help your situation. I'm done. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word.